Hey friend, welcome back to the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. I'm Mike McCurry, your host, and I'm so very thankful that you have joined me today. You're going to need your Bibles today. We're going to the book of Exodus chapter 14. The book of Exodus chapter 14. Now, before we dive into an historical illustration that I think is going to shed some light on where we're going today, let me tell you about a gospel tract. I've got a couple more left on my desk here. The one I have in my hand right now is called A Would-Be Suicide. A Would-Be Suicide. It tells a story of a man named Luther Cook. Luther had lived life his way so to speak, and he had come to the end of his rope. He was ready to be done with everything, life included, and he was going to die by his own hand. And this gospel tract tells the amazing story of how Luther came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ before it was eternally too late. There may be someone listening right now. You say, I'm getting close to the end of my rope. I've had those thoughts before. Could I encourage you to reach out to me today? I'd love to send you one of these gospel tracts. I'd love to communicate with you directly. Christian friend, you can order this gospel tract. Maybe you work in a, uh, a situation where you know you could put some of these gospel tracts out. Maybe you're around some people that you know would struggle with thoughts like Luther did. You can go to our website, BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org today and order some of these gospel tracts for free. Remember... All 50 plus titles that we put out, and now for over 85 years, our ministry has been based on the word of God to all the world, but realizing that the gospel is free, and so are our tracks. We want to give these to you. We don't even charge for shipping. Can you believe that? In a world where everything is commodity, everything is for sale, we aren't charging, and we aren't planning on starting anytime soon. Would you go to Bible Tracks Inc. today, BibleTracksInc.org, and order some of this gospel track? Now, if you're listening, you say, I'm struggling, Brother Micah. I've got some, I don't know, some demons. I've got some mental issues. I've got just some things bearing down on me. I've got, I, I need some help. Would you reach out to me directly? I'd love to hear from you. You can text me at 309 316-7240. And now that you know a phone number is coming, I'll give it to you real slow this time. Grab a phone, grab a pencil, grab a notepad, something, a napkin, jot this down. My phone number again is 309-316-7240. Now, as you grab your Bibles, go to the book of Exodus, second book of the Bible, Genesis, and then Exodus. Exodus chapter 14. Turn there with me if you would. I greatly appreciate your attentiveness today. Let me take you all the way back to 1588. Sir Francis Drake and the combined might, small though it was relative to the Spanish Armada, but the might of the English Navy faced off with, again, what we called the Spanish Armada. They were outgunned, outmanned. The tonnage of ships was leaned heavily in favor of the Spanish. But do you realize it wasn't a grand feat of strategy? It wasn't deception or tactics that caused Sir Francis Drake and the English fleet to win. No, actually, it was weather. Now, there were some skirmishes that caused some damage, 
But as the armada sailed northward along the English coast, a powerful storm, funny enough, known as the Protestant Wind. Of course, the Spaniards were Catholic in their leanings, and the English were Protestant, but a powerful wind called the Protestant Wind came up and wrecked the vast majority of that armada. And without hardly doing anything whatsoever, just by being on the battlefield after it was done, the battlefield being the open seas, the English won. And that brings us to our preparation for victory that we see here in the book of Exodus chapter 14. Find your place there with me. We've read about how the Egyptians, now I'm giving you all these names and you're, we're going to confuse them. Maybe I'll accidentally say Egyptians instead of Spanish later today or something like that. But here we see the Egyptians are coming with massive military might to crush their former slaves, the Israelites. They're going to recapture them, bring them back. Of course, the Israelites didn't have a great reaction to this. They saw the dust of thousands of chariots coming and they lose their minds. They throw their hands up in the air and they're thinking, what are we going to do? And of course, God comes through for them. But here we see Moses begin to talk to the Israelites. Exodus 14, verse number 13. After the Israelites whine and moan, the Bible says this, And Moses said unto the people, Fear Ye not, stand still and see. That's a really nice way of saying, quit your whining, shut up and watch. Moses said, fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today for the Egyptians whom ye have seen today. Ye shall see them again no more forever. And the Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. But what we also see is the prediction of a valley, an unnatural occurrence. This is not usual. You realize, I, I won't try to get too deep into the science of it. You didn't tune in today for science. But the first or second or third law of thermodynamics about how objects in motion tend to stay in motion unless acted upon by another, another force. And objects at rest tend to stay at rest unless acted upon by another force. Well, gravity is a force and it causes water to go to the lowest point. We all understand that. If your child, as my children have done before, they spill their water on the table, well, that water, if there's enough of it, will find its way to the edge and it will trickle on down right into your lap because it's looking for the lowest point. It's being acted upon by another force, gravity, and that's how ponds work. That's how lakes work. That's how oceans work. The water, until it's acted upon by another force, by the moon or by the wind, it stays at the bottom. It tries to get as low as possible. Well, there's a prediction of a valley. This is an unnatural occurrence. Look at verse number 15. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. But lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his host and upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. 
It's amazing to me how God's protecting them. This is a very unnatural thing, but we continue on. We see not only preparation for victory, not only prediction of a valley, but we also see protection and visibility. You see, the Egyptians were still coming. And it was going to take a long time. You realize there's about 600,000 men of war in the Israelites' camp. That's a fairly large army. But you think about it, if most of those men were married, and most of those men had one, two, three, five, or ten kids, imagine how many Israelites were actually there. Scholars tell us there's very easily, very likely, in excess of one, two, or even three million Israelites We won't do the math for you, but do you realize how wide that water had to be divided? Do you realize how long it would take to get them all across? Well, the Egyptians were coming, friend. What were they going to do? And so, what happens? Look at verse number 19. And the angel of God, which went before the camp of Israel, removed and went behind them, and the pillar of the cloud went from before their face and stood behind them, and it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel, and it was a cloud and darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these, so that the one came not near the other all the night. Now, we'll try to describe this for those that are listening just by audio, but think about it. You have the Red Sea. And encamped beside it, we see the Israelites, fearful, sore, afraid, whining, moaning, wringing their hands. We got the Red Sea, we got the Israelites. And you have the Egyptians coming with all their chariots. And what happens? God, in the form of a pillar of cloud, a pillar of fire, he puts this pillar of cloud, this pillar of fire, between the Israelites and the Egyptians. So we have the Red Sea. We have the Israelites. We have the pillar of fire and cloud. And then on the other side of the Egyptians, and the Egyptians, as brave as they were, as courageous as they were, as mighty as their army was, there was something about that pillar of cloud. There was something about that pillar of fire. I don't know people in their right mind that plan on and like to just walk into fire. And there was something about that cloud. It was like no cloud you'd ever seen before. You couldn't see through it, and you didn't really want to get near it, and there was something about it that was a little off-putting. There was something holy, something divine about it, and the Egyptians wisely stayed away. Can I tell you, friend, as we go through life, as we meander through and muddle through, making so many mistakes, at least I'm speaking for me, I can't speak for you, as we do so... We don't realize what God has saved us from. Even in the bad circumstances, you think your finances are tight now. Do you realize that he has blessed you in ways you can't even see? Do you realize that when you think about how bad off you are, that things truly could be worse? I'm not trying to be a pessimist. I'm just being a realist. According to the Bible, the might and power of God stood between them as bad as the Israelites thought it was, as they're looking at the trap laid before them. Then they begin to see the waters open and that pillar of fire and cloud begins to protect them. Egyptians are wondering what's going on on the other side. And maybe Pharaoh ordered some private, walk into that pillar of fire, pillar of cloud, see what's on the other side, and maybe was consumed immediately. I don't know, but I do know this, that God was protecting them and providing visibility to them 
all at the same time. I don't know what you're dealing with. Maybe you're dealing with some suicidal thoughts, and maybe I'm a stranger enough that you're willing to confide in me. You wouldn't tell your mom. You wouldn't tell your dad. You wouldn't tell your brother, your sister. But maybe this uh, stranger on the radio, on YouTube, maybe you'd reach out and you'd text me at 309-316-7240. I'd love to get you in touch with some qualified help. I'd love to be a help to you as well as I can through the scripture, but I will get you in touch with somebody that can actually be a help to you. Let me encourage you today, as we go about our day, to do all for the glory of God, for His glory. We're going to reveal the last key to this passage tomorrow on the broadcast. Don't miss it. Thank you so much for listening. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Track Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois, 60420. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.